Welcome to this Mesh News Desk podcast. I'm Jane Acri, the national news editor, your host, and a contributor to the book Pelvic Mesh Pain, authored by Dr. Greg Vinya, a practicing physician and attorney. This book focuses on synthetic polypropylene mesh implantation in women to treat POP, pelvic organ prolapse, and SUI, stress urinary incontinence, that potentially leads to the onset of chronic pain syndromes, primarily nerve pain and the diagnoses of three neuralgias, impacting the pudendal, obturator, or ilioinguinal nerves, all of which are located in the pelvic region of the human body. Women were getting these devices, developing serious complications, and the doctors who were taking care of them had no idea what they were complaining of. And I think it's helped women first understand that their pain is real, their pain is serious, and there are specific neurological injuries that these devices cause that have a name. They're either pudendal neuralgia, obturator neuralgia, ilioinguinal neuralgia, complex regional pain syndrome too. And if they get these diagnoses, they can get real care specifically tailored for the specific neurological injury that they suffer. Coming in the wake of the FDA's ban on polypropylene mesh devices used for the treatment of POP, Dr. Vinya's book focuses on the continued use of mesh slings, in particular the transobturator devices. When we look at injuries from the transvaginal mesh, we look at certain devices. There are pelvic organ prolapse devices and there are mid-urethral slings. Uh, Let's first talk about the mid-urethral sling, that the most dangerous device is the transobturator device. It's a device that goes thigh to thigh and it supports the urethra at the midpoint of the product. And doctors love these devices because they were generally effective and easy to put in. And simply the women come in for an outpatient surgery and they go home and many of them do very well. And they're, they're, they return to activity in, in one to two weeks time. And, and they're generally doing pretty good. The unfortunate thing is that there are catastrophic pain syndromes that you just simply don't get with the purge procedure. So the risk in my mind and in most people's mind, unreasonable. And doctors, when they have a catastrophic bad outcome from a transobturator sling and they understand how it happened, many of these doctors are not using transobturator device once they have a bad outcome. Bad outcomes from the use of pelvic mesh devices in part stem from the product's blind placement, using a metal trocar tool to anchor the mesh in nearby muscle, like the obturator internus muscle, located deep in the hip area. That obturator internus muscle is adjacent to the obturator nerve and the pudendal nerve. So these devices are designed to avoid these nerves. And for the most part, they do that that the trocar gets placed through the obturator canal, through the muscle, through the the adductor longus, adductor brevis muscle, through the gracilis muscle, and out the thigh. 
And for the most part, they, they avoid the nerves. The problem is that the muscles are injured acutely because they're getting harpooned by a, a metal trocar. And behind it is a plastic device called polypropylene. And that device causes the muscle to spasm. And over time, as that polypropylene is in the muscle, it is known to degrade. So usually when, when people think that they're getting a permanent implantable device, that that device would be inert. That it doesn't degrade, it stays the same, and the body just kind of walls it off. Unfortunately, polypropylene doesn't do that. It's placed into the muscle, through the muscle, adjacent to soft tissues, adjacent to nerves, adjacent to various other structures, and the polypropylene will degrade. It will have inflammation mediators that can cause pain, and the polypropylene shrinks. It shrinks up to 30 to 50%, and that's been proven. Internal documents from the various companies, they all admit that these devices shrink. So what that does to the obturator internus muscle is that the muscle around this sling device will be inflamed. It will be in a constant state of spasm and there'll be scar tissue around the mesh that is ever growing. And over time, these nerves that are adjacent to this muscle can get compressed or they could be pulled by traction. Analyzing the incidence of adverse events associated with polypropylene pelvic mesh use, specifically chronic pain syndromes, Dr. Vinya is alarmed by the statistics that 26% of the women who are implanted experience acute pelvic pain that does not resolve over time, that in 3.7% of the cases, women endure chronic groin pain, and of those, a few suffer life-altering pain syndromes. These women are in horrible and intractable pain. They can't sit, they're incontinent, they can't have sex, they can't work, they're depressed. They are desperate to find any relief and hope for a better tomorrow. These women who get this device, the transobturator sling, they can have acute groin pain, and that's from the obturator nerve. And that pain can go away in most women, but there's a small percentage of women who that, in that, that pain continues. And studies have been shown that there's acute pain, groin pain after a transobturator sling is about 26%. Most of these women get better on their own, but there is 3.7% of women who get the transobturator device have chronic groin pain. And that's a pretty high number. Stress urinary incontinence is generally thought of as a nuisance diagnosis. When women are getting the transobturator sling, the risk of chronic pain in the groin is pretty substantial. And within that 3.7%, there are women who are just physically destroyed with pain syndromes that prevent any kind of life. Vaginal penetration during sexual intercourse becomes impossible. They can't sit because of the pudendal neuralgia. They have tailbone pain. They have anal rectal pain. They feel like there's a golf ball in their rectum. They feel like there's a golf ball in their vagina. They can't be touched in the perineum or the area as if they were sitting on a horse. Any touching down there causes pain. Uh, their clitoris may be hypersensitive, painful, or in others, it becomes numb and dead. While the complications associated with a transobturator mesh implantation can be catastrophic and debilitating, in cases of a retropubic sling removal, women are known to be stricken by a chronic pain syndrome. There are uh, two 
catastrophic injuries related to retropubic slings, and that is ilioinguinal neuralgia and complex regional pain syndrome. But those injuries are less common than the neurological injuries from transoperator devices, and removal of the retropubic sling is, is significantly easier that most doctors who put in their retropubic sling can take it out. And with transoperator devices, um, very few know how to take it out. As the book Pelvic Mesh Pain documents, the onset of catastrophic and debilitating neuralgias or complex pain syndromes can occur in the months following the mesh implantation or even years later. Most will present acutely or within the first few months from my experience from talking to women and women coming to my law firm. But we have women who have had their transoperator device in 12 years and became symptomatic some subtle problems with painful bladder filling. They were diagnosed with interstitial cystitis, which basically means painful bladder filling. Then they start developing motor musculoskeletal problems that I mentioned, tailbone pain, groin pain, can't sit, vulvodynia, where any kind of touching in the vulva region is painful. And then they get diagnosed with pudendal neuralgia and it's caused by the transobturator device. And these women will have a painful vaginal exam. They'll have tenderness with palpation of the obturator internus muscle. And there you go. They present years after implantation. Then that becomes a diagnostic problem in that they've done well after the vaginal mesh two to five years. And then they develop all these symptoms and the doctors don't attribute the problems that they're having to the mesh because they did well for a period of time. And we're calling those late injuries. These injuries are well described in the literature and the manufacturers still don't warn doctors and women that these devices can cause long-term musculoskeletal problems, neurological problems, aside from, of course, all these devices can erode over time into the vagina, urethra, and bladder. Detailed in the book, specialized healthcare providers for these women who suffer with chronic pain associated with pelvic mesh implantation conduct a detailed history and physical, and possibly test for a chronic pain syndrome. If and when a diagnosis is established, surgeons address whether a once thought of permanent device should be surgically removed, and importantly, if the mesh would be removed completely or just partially. Following removal, if the neurologic pain persists chronically, medications can be prescribed along with ongoing therapies designed to reduce or potentially eliminate the pain. You'll never see another medical problem that causes pudendal and obturator neuralgia. And if you have those diagnoses together and you have a transobturator device, you pretty much know it's from the transobturator sling. So if you have a foreign body in the obturator internus muscle that is causing irritation to both the pudendal and obturator nerve, the rational approach is to have complete mesh removal. And that entails removal of the vaginal component and the arms of the mesh in the groin. 
You know, the standard of care is not yet set on that in that some women do get better with partial mesh removal, that there might be tension with the vaginal component pulling on the obturator internus muscle. And by cutting the vaginal component, that may be enough to release the pressure and decrease the neurological pain in the leg and the pudendal nerve. But when you do get a partial mesh removal and you continue to be symptomatic with the neuralgia, then you have to go to a complete mesh removal which involves a groin dissection. And it's a lot harder to find the end of the, the mesh when it's not connected to the vaginal components. So it makes the dissection a little bit more tricky because you're trying to find the mesh. You're not sure where it is. You know, that's really the treatment is to get the mesh out of the muscle, which is adjacent to the nerve, and then see where you are. A good percentage of women will get better with complete mesh removal. And that's what we want. The women who don't get better or remain substantially disabled, then there's other treatments such as Botox, pudendal nerve blocks, physical therapy, medication management, even IV ketamine so that they could have an improved quality of life going forward. Ilioinguinal neuralgia from a retropubic sling. Generally, those women do well with neurectomies where you cut the edge of the nerve that is injured and you bury it into the abdominal muscle and these women can get significantly better. Others who don't get better with a neurectomy or decide to go another route, they get better with peripheral nerve stimulators, spinal cord stimulators. So these treatments are for pain are, are generally pretty effective. They might improve a woman's quality of life and pain 30 to 40% but they are very expensive. Treatment in the United States took a while to get online. And what got the treatment online for the neurological complications is basically the mesh disasters Hundreds of women with catastrophic pain syndromes were coming into the market from the vaginal mesh complications. And doctors found a way to get trained, learning the surgical treatments, the injection treatments, the spinal stimulator treatments, the neuroablation. So now women are able to, one, get diagnosed earlier. They're able to get treated earlier. And there's more literature available on the web through support groups, my literature and ebooks that I've produced so that women can get diagnosed and find doctors who understand their pain syndrome to get the treatment that they need. So things are much better. As the book concludes, with adequate specialized medical care, both surgical and non-surgical approaches, when provided the earlier the better, women suffering with chronic pain following pelvic mesh implantation can improve and experience a return of function and to activities they once enjoyed. Thank you for joining us.